Hey, Katie. Hey, what? Do you know why you're called woman? No. Because when Adam got Eve, he said, whoa, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's start the theme song. name katie what's your name they know my name they just they might not know you though who are you well who are you you're my wife i feel like more people know me than know you uh, probably you are so beautiful <laughs> and famous we also have link joining us today yeah the newest link. member of our family baby boy he's chilling in the corner so uh you might hear a slight tone of hurried desperation in our podcasting and that's because we don't really know if and when he's gonna uh, you know, need some, like, attention, maybe um, explode his diaper or need <laughs> some food, you know. I mean, I suppose at any point I could do the same, but it's not usually baby a stuff. <laughs> baby stuff. Um, so, Katie, sounds like you've replaced Mark. You're kind of the new co-host. You're my, you're my like, recurring guest on the show. Wow, so. I've only been on, well, this is my second time, and I'm the but new you're gonna co-host. But you're going to be on again. Okay. By popular so demand. Glad. So I like to open up with a little bit of uh, chatty banter, you know? I want people to get to know you a little bit. So why don't you tell us what's uh, one movie that you've watched recently that you were pretty excited by? Well, Frozen. <laughs> it's definitely getting me every time I watch it. Yeah, our, our daughter's hear, way into it right I now. I just hear the song, and it just makes me think, Wow. I've had Let It Go stuck in my head for over a month. No, right now it's Love is an Open Door. I yeah. mean, just think about it. It's true. It's prophetic. I don't know what that even means. Love is an open door? No, but if you've never experienced, like, torment before, like, literally <laughs> the song Let It Go, it was so stuck in my head. Like, I would wake up out of dreams with the song, like, playing in my head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to talk about... How to have a household of bliss. The show's called House of Bliss. So this is like a clever twist on that. We're talking about household of bliss. But to start, we've had, you know, even when we were dating, going into marriage, we always said like we wanted the the tangible, real presence of Jesus to be the center of our home. Uh, we want the supernatural power of God, like manifesting, like we want it all. And we want that to be central to our lives. Uh, even though we're still going to be normal people, that's what we want to be sort of like the defining characteristic of our home. So that's what we wanted to talk to you about today. Uh, we know that God is everywhere, but there are times where it's really evident that he's here, that you can feel him, you can experience him, like you know the Holy Spirit is moving and doing things. And um, we didn't really grow up charismatic or with charismatic backgrounds, but um, we started to get awakened to the, the knowledge that that's like not only possible, but you can live every single day of your life in that. Like it's not just reserved for a church service or a worship experience, but actually like every moment of every day can be permeated with that presence. Yeah, I'd say we first experienced that kind of presence, um, the tangible 
thick glory <laughs> in Redding, California. The whack. Which was our first date going to a John Crowder conference and it was Oh yeah. It was whacked. A little <laughs> wild, a little crazy and but the presence of God was definitely there. Um and once we tasted that, we just wanted more. Uh even our wedding we were just so intentional about who we were gonna have lead worship and what we could do to help our friends experience that. We wanted to bring it back to our community and uh, we wanted it to be the center of our family. We were so excited to raise kids, like, from the womb, knowing that tangible presence of God. One of my favorite parts of our wedding is uh, we had people who had not experienced that before. Um, worship was so thick. It was so good, so so juicy. And uh, there were people talking about how, like, they felt like they were going to pass out. And they could, like, feel lightheaded and stuff like that. I thought that was super awesome. And also, uh, we had a big fire tunnel at the end, where if you don't know what that is, it's like when everybody in the church sort of gets in, like, this huge tunnel formation. And then as people walk through, they get prayed for, and it just builds and builds. And it was so awesome. So We did a reverse one, I think. we were. Did we? Oh, yeah. We prayed for everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Yeah. From the very beginning of our dating relationship, uh, we decided we wanted to live in Reading together and we wanted to go through the School of Supernatural Ministry because I think we just realized once you experience Jesus like that, there's really no going back. You yeah, know? this is what life's about. And so it's been about six years of us pursuing that now. And we just want to share yeah. some of the testimonies and things we've learned. So I'll start. Okay. Uh, one of my... Actually, I'll share too. When we first moved into our house, we only had a futon. That was like a, really our only piece of furniture and a mattress. We have a pretty big house too. So just this one futon just kind of sat here. And uh, we had gatherings. It was pretty funny too because we got a bunch of random secondhand chairs. And for some reason, they all split down the middle. Yeah. Uh, like all of them. Like six chairs split mm-hmm. down the middle. So. Like two different sets. That's weird. That's not really a testimony, though. That's just, <laughs> it's just a weird fact. But anyway, um, no, we had a, a girl come to our house who was uh, currently using pretty hard drugs at the time. And it was amazing because she came in and she felt herself getting completely wrecked by the Spirit of God. And then, like, we've known her for a while now and we've gotten to see, like, this change in, in her life and how she's just become, like, a really awesome person. Another person came to our house and had really severe back problems. Um, they were telling me that uh, every morning they would be in so much pain, it would take them like 45 minutes just to get themselves out of bed because like they would just be aching and they couldn't even like get their socks on. And so um, our community, we took turns prophesying over this person and blessing them. And there was just such a weight. Um, we actually prayed for his back and he was completely healed. And this is probably like three years ago, and he still messages me and tells me to this day, anytime I talk to him, like how good his back is feeling. So that's awesome. So good. Do you want to share your um, earring testimony? Sure. Um, so I had this really cute pair of earrings that I wore to our community group one night. And my friend was like, oh, I love your earrings. So I know I had both of them on. And at the end of the night, I was like, oh, my gosh, I only have one earring. And it's got to be here somewhere. And so I'm searching. And my friend is helping me look. We had just this big search party. And we looked everywhere. And we couldn't find it. And I was really bummed. And so I just was like, you know what? I'll just have to have the angels bring it to me. So... (laughs) 
angels, bring it to my house if you find it. You know, just kind of said that out loud and went home. I think and I think I might have even laughed at your prayer. Probably. I was kind of like it, like a, like a Sarai moment. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> it could happen. And so I got home, went, went to bed, um, and then when I woke up, I have this little earring holder, and both of my earrings were hanging there, and I was like, oh my gosh, it worked. So... And I, I was in disbelief. I was like, what? Come on. There's no way. That's great. I, but then that was kind of like me starting to piece together that it's not just about the big things, like people getting healed at your house, but God can be very, very much present with you in the small things too. Uh, uh, that's kind of a big thing. <laughs> okay, sure. You're right. It's a big thing. Another time we were having a group over at our house. We just wanted to worship and uh, just experience the presence of God. And uh, at one point, it became clear to everyone in the room. Like, some people could see, some people could feel, some people just sensed there's this angel in the room, and it's standing right here. And so our friend went to go reach and, like, touch the angel and got completely just, like, smashed. He was, like, literally just shaking and writhing on the ground. And it was like, we were all just getting wrecked. And, uh, yeah, we had this big encounter with this angel, and then after that, there was, like, such a lingering presence of God in our house for a few days. Like, I would come downstairs and walk by, even at night, and I would just be like, whoa, what's going on? And uh, we had a group of uh, people come over to our house the next day who I was kind of leading an outreach with, and just, like, us doing our little warm-up prayer, somebody got gold dust on their hands. (laughs) So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, uh, with the arrival of our son, Katie and I have been asking the Lord to meet the angels of our kids, and it's been awesome to see the results, but uh, right after Link was born, there was a night where we were headed up to bed, and Katie was, like, really sure that she heard music coming from the living room, and she was convinced that I left the laptop on. Maybe it was, like, Frozen or something playing (laughs) downstairs. Anyway, I went downstairs and checked, and... There was no laptops on. There was no phones. There were no Bluetooth speakers on. I even, uh, just because, like, Katie's not delusional. I just also not really wanted to just make stuff up. So I, I went outside on the front porch, and I was like, I wonder if the neighbors are playing music. But there was nothing. Perfectly quiet night. So I was like, well, whatever. That was probably just, just heard stuff. But then that same night, I woke up out of sleep because I heard really distinct singing coming from over by our son's crib. And I I thought for sure, like, Katie's just singing super loud. And I go up and I'm like, (laughs) Katie, you need to quiet it down. You're going to wake Link up. And she's like, I wasn't singing. What are you talking about? Go to bed. Then um, a little while later, uh, it happened again. And I was like, Katie, are you sure you're not singing? Like, are you, you're not like trying to put him to bed. It's too loud. You're going to wake him up. She's like, no, I wasn't singing. Well, anyway, I had met, uh, previously our kids, angels. I got their names just in prayer. And so a little bit later, my mom came to visit from Seattle. She stayed with us in the guest room and she said three or four different times. She distinctly heard music, uh, like worship music. And she would even sing along and just sit and listen to it. And she asked us in the morning, like, were you guys singing last night? Was like, <laughs> were you worshiping or having like a worship time? We were like, no, we pretty much went to bed. That's really interesting, though, because we've been hearing singing, too. And then she said that um, two angels woke her up and they gave her the same names that I had heard in prayer were the names of these angels. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So I guess we have singing angels. So if you want that, too, you can have it. 
yeah, we don't really share that to be like, oh, we're some special family. I can't emphasize enough how normal we actually are. Um, every day I pull, <laughs> I pull up my pants, I mow the lawn, I change the kids' every diapers. Day. Yeah, every day I, I change the lawn's diapers or whatever <laughs> I said. Um, yeah, we, I don't know, we pay our bills, we have like really solid, normal lives, but we have just discovered that this is something that God wants for everybody. And so we've just kind of wanted to share a few things that we, um, maybe some mindsets and maybe even a few keys to help you experience this in your life too. So a lot of people are like, I'm open to the supernatural. I'm open to that. Um, But the thing is, you know, Justin Abraham has this quote that I like where he says, if you're open to it, you probably won't experience it. It's, It's not really, you don't just want to be open to it in a vague general sort of way. The Bible says to earnestly seek the gifts. And you don't seek them because you don't have them. Jesus has given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's already yours, but you seek them precisely because they are yours. So that's how the whole kingdom works. Is It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, Katie. And so yes. when you feel a desire rising up in your heart, you don't have to be like, how do I convince God to make this happen in my house? No, but instead it's just like when you start to desire it, it actually causes it to begin to take shape and form in your life, right? Yeah. I think that kind of leads into like knowing how you experience God. Um, naturally, but also like, what do you want to grow in? Because when I met Cole, I didn't like feel God at all. I've always considered myself more of, uh, what I call a knower. It's like, I just know things or they pop into my head, like prophetic words. I'm not like getting a feeling or not even seeing a picture. It's just like, uh, pop, it's in my brain. Um, (laughs) but I wanted to grow in feeling, um, and I have, and it's, it's just taking steps and getting around people who are feelers or seers or whatever aspect you want to grow in, get yourself around it and you'll see more fruit. One of the ways we host the presence here is hosting gatherings with, uh, friends who have the same value to experience and encounter God's presence in a tangible way. And when you host it in your own home, you're creating this atmosphere that stays and lingers like the testimony Cole shared of we had an encounter one night and then the next morning we were still experiencing the effects of that. Um, and so, yeah, we're really intentional about doing that at least once a month, try to do it once a week even. Yeah, community is a big part of that. Maybe you don't really experience that, but um, there's kind of this principle called impartation, which some people make that out to be like, you need some super anointed person to pray for you from the stage. But I think really all it is, it's it's almost like, you know, if somebody has uh, been hanging out in a, <laughs> I don't know, an opium den or something, <laughs> you know, like a hippie shop where there's tons of incense, it's on them, that smell, it's so undeniable. And then they mm. sit on your couch and all of a sudden your couch smells like incense and then you hug them and you smell like incense. Yeah. and. Yeah, it's very much like that. It's like you, you want to be around people who are experiencing that Holy Spirit stuff. And even to like just for our kids to be able to be around that. We can always count on at least once a month. There's going to be people getting wrecked by Jesus like in our home. Yeah, another key to hosting the presence is making sure you have a space that feels like Jesus. So um, for us... That's our, our living room is kind of our encounter space. So we have 
a comfy couch and a soft rug and we moved our TV and we have minimal distractions in there so that when we come home, it's like, oh, Jesus, like this is what we do. This is our normal. Um, we have a nice speaker because we love to have music. So, and we have a diffuser because I like essential oils and different smells in our home. Good smells. <laughs> Not the incense. <laughs> Not the incense. <laughs> From like yeah. the pot shop. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have some artwork that is really powerful and like draws us into encounters with Jesus. So if you have things in your home that remind you of Jesus, then put them where you can see them. And Yeah, no, that's good. Um, like I think we had some encounters where wait, we realized um, just kind of this whole thing like I've talked about on this show before, but doing everything according to the pattern that you see, like Moses arranged everything according to the pattern he saw yeah. on the mountain. Well, you're on the mountain. You're on Mount Zion. You are in the spirit. You you can actually, like God can give you practical wisdom for your very own home. And so as you engage him, he can show you stuff. And one of the adjustments we made was like, yeah, for us to have a TV in the living room, it makes it so easy when you're like tired and you come home from work to be like, oh, I'm just going to go straight to TV. But it's like if the most front and center thing is like your worship music station or like your Bibles or your books, Keyboard. it just, yeah, it just makes it so easy to just like go, ah, oh, yeah, that's, oh, and, and us too, we got a communion station um, right kind of near our living room. So all of those things, when I come into my living room, man, it just is so easy to just go, yeah, I want to encounter Jesus right now. Um, yeah. And if you don't know where to start with that, just ask Holy Spirit and he can show you. You could be like Harry Potter and have like the little cupboard under the stairs that you (laughs) hide from your (laughs) step parents. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) One of the biggest things is setting up your life schedule in a way that really allows you time and energy to go after the presence of God. So for us, that's looked like working less. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like we say, creating space, you know, actually not just in your home, um, but actually in your time and in your money. We just decided early on, like, we don't need to be the type of people who always have the newest, nicest clothes, newest, nicest car, um, or even live in the fanciest house. Um, we're totally content to just uh, pay less so that we can work less, so that we actually have more time to devote to just experiencing God together. And we might get those things later. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, I mean, we find... But what I'm saying is, like, there's abundance in the kingdom of God. But if you intentionally are making space in your finances... You know, like, even God, he told the people to uh, take a whole year off for the land to rest. And then they found that they supernaturally had, like, Mm -hmm. what they needed always... So yeah. even in our money, um, we've wanted to create space. It's like our money doesn't own us. Like we're gonna try um, to yeah to leave space in our in our finances, and then yeah in our schedule. Uh, you know we're just both really driven people who love to have things to do and conquer. But we're like no, we're intentionally gonna make sure that a few nights a week are just open to do nothing. Like just enjoy each other and family and And it's a skill to learn like our culture isn't really taught how to rest and actually do nothing so you know oftentimes I catch myself even if I'm home I'm not doing nothing I'm 
organizing uh, <laughs> my a closet. cupboard or Cole's closet <laughs> or cleaning something, you know? So, yeah, my you know, you might need to like go for a walk and actually leave your house so that you're actually doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think too, like that's uh, kind of a thing that we both know, like um, about ourselves is like, we're really high gear type of people. And Jesus is not really like a high gear type of person. He's very, he's very like, you know, he's a gardener, right? He goes at a garden pace. He, and so just realizing like, um, our culture loves to keep the wheels spinning always. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, it really is a skill and it really takes, um, I know people don't like the word discipline, but almost just like, Hey, I'm going to actually sit and make myself slow down yeah um, because it's in that quiet place that you really experience the communion and fellowship with God mm-hmm. so so yeah um so we started doing a good old-fashioned Sabbath uh so we start Friday nights mm-hmm. that's when Jewish people did it right so Friday night yeah. and then all Saturday we Sabbath day yeah we don't make plans we don't yeah, it doesn't mean we're not actually doing anything. I think last this past Saturday we went, went shopping, party. went to a market, went to a party, but none of it was like scheduled. So yeah, we've got to like do nothing. this. It was like, oh, we want to do this. This sounds fun to us. Like, how yeah. can we enjoy each other and enjoy Jesus? Um, yeah. So what you might be starting to understand is uh, this is kind of like our second key here, but um, just realizing that. Uh, God's presence isn't apart from our humanity. Mm -hmm. Like God actually designed humans to be carriers of his presence, to live with him, to, to walk with him in the cool of the day, to live and move and have our being in him. Like the spirit realm, heaven is not some far off place that you have to somehow shut off your humanity to access. But actually, God is inside of you, and you are inside of God. And that means every minute of every day, uh, you can experience true communion and fellowship with Him. So I remember when we first got married, this is a huge like thing, but... Um, I used to just be have such a sour attitude about stuff like mowing the lawn or, uh, you know, like paying bills. Because in my head, I was like, well, if I'm, if I'm mowing the lawn... I'm not spending time with Jesus. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, then I started to realize like, no, okay, there's definitely a place for like a secret sort of time with God. But that actually fuels you to be able to experience Jesus in everything and doing the dishes and hanging out with your kids. And Mm -hmm. uh, so making that shift in your mindset, like no matter what I'm doing, well, I'm like maybe like murdering somebody or something. But (laughs) But no matter what I'm doing, like God is here. Yeah, that's good. He's not allergic to my humanity. I mean, we still have to make dinner every day, so let's learn how to encounter God while we're making dinner. That's so true, and I feel like my cooking skills jump through the roof. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I even told you about the cooking angel, but... No. Okay, well, I was visited by a cooking angel. I think I did tell you this. Yeah. I had a vision where I saw an angel wearing, like, a chef's robe, and he, like, touched my spirit, and I felt, like, this desire for cooking. Which I've always kind of liked cooking, but then I was like starting to like really just enjoy and experience Jesus while I cook. So now I love, I love volunteering to cook. I'm like chopping Sounds veggies. Good. There's Jesus putting the spices there he in. Is. There's Jesus. He's the spice of life. You Washing know? the dishes. Right. Uh, Brother Lawrence talks about how all it really takes to experience God in that way is a simple attention to him. So literally just thinking to yourself like, God, 
But that being said, um, having a sense of intentionality and seizing whatever moments you can, especially in the season of life we're in. We just had our second child. Good job, Katie. Thank you. Way to go. Um, We're actually going to talk about birth on a whole different podcast. Yeah, tune in for that one. When you have kids... Well, let's talk about before we had kids. Okay. You have all the time in the world. You have a flexible schedule. I mean, it might not feel like it. If you're single, you're like, I'm so busy. But like... You it's really don't, self-inflicted. You don't really know until you have kids. And you're like, oh, man. Um, so anyways, there's that season where, I mean, even before we were dating, Cole would just spend literally his whole day with Jesus, like in prayer, like, you know, the, the religious prayer. activities of Jesus, yes. not just like we were living life and Jesus was there, um, but that pursuit of Jesus. Um, and that's a beautiful season. And then, you know, in dating, we still had our separate lives and we were going to school and pursuing Jesus there. And then when you get married, you're learning how to encounter Jesus together and share your experiences with Jesus. It's like this other person is in your life. And then you add kids to that. So that's the step by step of like more and more people are getting into your inner circle and figuring out how to encounter Jesus together, how to still have your own relationship with Jesus um, so yeah, we just want to talk a little bit about how to include your kids in, um, your pursuit of Jesus and really model it for them and invite them into real encounters. And in order for them to have a real encounter, you need to share your real encounters with them and, um, that manifest presence, make sure that they're experiencing it, being exposed to it, not just from you, but from your community of friends. If you have a church, make sure you're going to a church with that. One thing, I mean, Katie, you're actually like a licensed kids minister. Yeah, you're you're an expert. (laughs) But I would say like for me, um, just a big, huge switch that we both learned in Reading was like, not only are kids built for this, but they like it and they want it. um, As long as you're able to bring it to them in a way that they can grab onto yeah and when the presence is really on it and it is isn't just um religious duty yeah absolutely one of the things we do um with ember is uh family worship and well link is involved now too uh but the music that we choose we're very intentional about getting music that has the whack on it and a lot of times it's really fun and happy and we know the kingdom of God is childlike and so we can look to kids almost for a model of how we should learn to encounter God. Yeah. Um, so kids love joy, they love dancing, they love creativity and we've made that kind of our normal worship style before we even had kids. So it's been easy for us to include Ember on those encounters and in those encounters um, but choosing music that has presence on it, we have great recommendations if you need some. Upper Room, Bethel Music, I'll, uh, Brian Schultz. We'll make a list. Yeah, Brian yeah. Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will uh, We'll make a list and we'll put it in the uh, description for you. That'll be fun. Yeah, because when a worship leader has had private encounters with God, it really comes through even in... Uh, CDs when it's not live or CDs. Who has CDs? <laughs> Spotify. On Spotify. Come on. Um, uh, yeah, like... Kind of going back to the childlike thing, um, not only are kids attracted to joy, but angels and like mm-hmm, heaven are attracted to joy too. And so we realized like um, so many of us, because of our church upbringing, are prone to like these really serious, quiet worship Intense. moments. But like heaven is a party. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Zion is a festive gathering of 
angels and saints and all this stuff. And yeah. so, um, yeah, like one of the ways that we help our kids engage with it is by making it as fun as possible. Mm-hmm. So we bought um, Ember her like her own little like djembe to beat, and we like yeah. play really like upbeat songs. And uh, we do a lot of dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, today I was just babysitting a friend's kid, and uh, wow. he got swept into our, our worship time because we just went in a big, like, conga line circle yes. around the house. And um, But it's crazy. It's like when you make the switch as the adult um, of, like, they're going to enjoy this because it's really energetic and fun, mm-hmm. but I'm going to enjoy this because it's juicy. But then you actually see your kids encounter the Spirit of God, too. Right. It's really cool. Um, another thing we love to do as a family is communion, and Cole, you can talk a little bit about that. Uh, I was kind of doing some research on some Catholic stuff and just realizing that they don't see communion as a symbol, but they see it as a sacrament, meaning it's literally like a physical manifestation of God's presence. And so whenever you're taking communion, you are actually receiving uh, you're actually receiving divine grace and divine power in a way that you couldn't accept by taking it. So when I discovered that, I was like, we're going to take communion every single day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people might be like, well, that's a church corporate thing. It's like, yeah, but we're a household. You know, we're a family. We're our own sort of unit, uh, if you will, like a, a temple of we're God. So, yeah, we are a, a little tiny church. We're two or more <laughs> gathered. <laughs> right. Ember loves that. I will actually say, like, I've had some really amazing times with Ember, our two-year-old, um, where it's completely evident to me that she's experiencing Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that has come through communion, partly because just on a practical level, she's a kid and she loves things that she can taste and touch. And mm-hmm. so to say, hey, Jesus is in here and you're going to eat it and it's you're going to feel <laughs> Jesus. She yes. goes, oh, yeah. You know, she loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, like we both love to do this, but tucking, tucking them in, yeah. you know, seizing that prayer time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blessing their, their spirit, praying things over them. Yeah. It's powerful. Right. One of Cole's favorite things to do is bribe Ember. Recently <laughs> she went through her first fire tunnel and at first she was a little intimidated, but I think Cole told her she could have a cookie. Yeah. So I learned this little trick from Bill Johnson to just bribe your kids. I told her she could have cookies if she went through and so even though she didn't understand why she was going through, like she's in an environment where God is manifest. So she's yeah. going to get touched by it, you know? Mm-hmm. So later in life, she can, you know, like Brian, Brian Johnson, for instance, like Bill would bribe him basically to worship and family times, but eventually it clicked as he got older and then he became Brian Johnson, like yeah. worship leader extraordinaire. We mentioned earlier, like, kids love creativity, so we have a box of art supplies available for Ember that if she wants to draw or color during one of our worship times that's set aside just to encounter God, um, she can pull those out and color pictures, and we often write Bible verses down on them and we read them to her. And recently there was a fun one. We wrote down a song that was talking about making melodies, new melodies, um, and writing new songs for of praise for God. And um, she just started making up all kinds of songs, and it was kind of a new oh, thing yeah. for her. Um, but, yeah, like caught in her spirit that, oh, I can sing praises to God all the time and just make up my own songs. Sometimes putting her to bed can be a bit of a process, and I, like I said, I'm, sometimes I get my wheels spinning. But... Um, and I, and I just want to get things done, so I'm like, oh, okay, we're going we're gonna to get you to bed by this time. But um, she 
we were singing this song by Upper Room, and she just kept singing it and singing it. And I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not going to stop her. This is so great. So I just sat there and listened to her sing this song uh, to Jesus just by herself in her bed. It was so sweet. Yeah, so we want to lead our kids in encounters, but also be open to them leading us into encounters and embracing the moment. Yeah. So I did, I kind of had something come to my mind. Um, as we're saying this, like, there might be people out there, uh, like single parents, who maybe when you're hearing us say, like, yeah, we choose to work less and stuff like that. I mean, I am just kind of aware, like, that's such a huge privilege to even be able to be in that position. Um, so what about, you know, when people aren't able to do that or like, they, you know, you've got five kids and you work three jobs. But what I kind of want to say to that really is two things. Um, one, when I first knew Jesus, uh, I, I would spend hours upon hours upon hours a day. And then um, in the season of life I'm in right now, I'm just not able to do it in that way. Right. Um, so so A, having the switch go off in your mind like God's everywhere with you all the time. And it just takes that simple attention but also give him like whatever you can find. Man, if you can only find 15 minutes a day, just say, Jesus, this is what I have. Um, yeah. I need you to meet me here and encounter me with your presence here. Um, man, just give him that. Good. Just know what season you're in. Uh, Jesus is really excited to hang out with you. So it doesn't have to be extensive hours. But if you do have the time, go for it. Yeah, and I think one thing, like Katie said, one thing that's important for me even to remember is a lot of people want to turn this idea of a secret place with God into like you're clocking in hours and you're kind of earning favor with Him. It's not like that at all. For me, it's more like it's just I realize my mind takes time to quiet down, Mm -hmm. and so I need that space. So um, Jesus is is there. You know what I'm saying? He's so ready to encounter you you don't have to earn his love earn his Mm -hmm. favor you don't have to impress him with the three hours that you set aside you don't have to wake up at you know 4 a.m after fasting for eight Mm -hmm. days or whatever um just just but just making that space yeah and and he'll meet you and he'll set you even as the single mom like i i believe uh or single dad like i believe that in that whatever amount of time you could set aside for him he will meet you and uh, it will set you up for the whole rest of your, your week and your day. So, anyway. I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. To wrap it up, um, let me just leave you with a couple of bullet points to remember. Uh, number one, it starts with just knowing that it's possible and it's for you. Uh, like something inside of you, if anything inside of you is going, oh, I want that, hey, congratulations. That's really what it takes. Um, Two, surrounding yourself with a glory community. People who experience this, if you get around them, it will get around you. It'll get on you. Like opium. Yeah, like the (laughs) opium. Like the legal incense. That. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Um, And then four, making as much space in your life uh, as possible, whether it be in your finances or in your schedule. Um, a lot of people might hear this talk about schedule and go like, oh, come on. I'm like, I'm spirit led. You know, I, I want to just be free and spontaneous. But here's the thing. The more complicated life gets, uh, all of us, all of us have to buy more tissues and do the dishes and like life has demands. 
And if you're just like constantly spontaneous, you will notice that you have a lot of emergency fires to put out. And then eventually you'll realize you actually don't have even half the time you think you do to be spontaneous because you're spending all your time trying to put out fires, you know? So that's when I discovered, oh, being like a free spirit, um, <laughs> like it's good, but actually um, having a simple, like well put together schedule with a bunch of space left for spontaneity is way more fun overall than uh, just being like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever I want today and see what happens. <laughs> okay, yeah. so making space in your schedule. Um, number five, uh, realizing that Jesus is in you and you are in Jesus and therefore everything you do is prayer. He loves your humanity. Mm-hmm. He's not against it. So don't try to escape your life. He's in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, Lastly, um, like if you have kids, man, what do kids like? Kids like fun and kids like energy and creativity. And honestly, so does heaven. So maybe ditching some of the ultra serious uh, stuff. You save that for your secret time with Jesus. But like when you're gathering with people or with your kids, um, really making it fun and active and creative like that's going to engage them and just having them the sense in your mind like they want it they want this too so i'll hold it when you pray so jesus we just invite you to invade our lives and that is we ask your presence to fall in their homes everyone is listening that your manifest glory and presence would just begin to abound and that they would have upgrades in their experiences and encounters with you. Amen. (laughs) And a word from Link. Yeah, we're going to see what Link says. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm feeling it right now. So, uh, just go ahead and put your hand on your belly right now. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Whoa! I thank you, Lord, for the rivers of living water that are pouring forth from their being right now. I thank you, Lord, for the river that flows from your throne that is moving in their lives right now. And God, I just pray, uh, quicken their awareness. Let them feel it. Let them taste it. Let them touch it. And I just pray, Lord, you send blessings down the river, angels and healings and miracles and outbreaks. And I thank you, Lord, for dreams and visions and ecstasies and encounters with your Holy Spirit. Angels. And singing angels in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.